Sports Podcast. I am Andy Ruther, coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host, Joey Nochilprano. Good morning, Andy. What time we got? 11.33. Yep, still morning. Good morning, Andy. So noon, it turns into afternoon. Well, noon, it turns into noon. 12.01, it turns into afternoon. Yeah, I guess I never thought that one through. <laughs> I learned something already. That's good. It's a great way to start the podcast. I have learned wait, wait, wait. something. I don't even understand. What did you just learn? That technically, I guess I never thought 12.01 is afternoon. Yeah. Bro, I'm all about that. I mean, that's some woke shit right there. <laughs> you were, uh, you just thought that was two words that shared a root, noon and afternoon? I'll be honest. Never thought of it. <laughs> But you have now woken my mind to understanding it. Well, there you go. I, I, I'm big into learning things. I, I couldn't stop. <laughs> I couldn't, big into learning things. I couldn't stop watching like that, that noon. The word noon is an afternoon. You know, I tweeted that out last night. I kept watching that video. Yeah, what are you watching? You're watching like uh, Schoolhouse Rock for philosophy or something like that? Well, the mayor sent it to me. You're watching the, philosophy cartoons? It was like, what, the allegory of the cave? I don't know. I didn't watch it. it it's, it's a Plato thing. And apparently, you know, it's been out there, obviously, for thousands of years. But I watched it multiple times. It's it's an interesting way to look at life and, you know, to get introspective on things. And I'm like, man, this is where I'm at now. This is where I'm at in my life. Just watching. You You're in the afternoon of your life. You've woken the morning has gone. You hit high noon when you had your brain damage, and now you're in the afternoon. Huh, see, look Soon at you'll that. settle into the evening part of your life. This guy's a modern-day Plato over here. <laughs> I like it. Thanks, Andy. Joey, philosopher, no chill, Prano. Yeah, we got a lot of, Andy, we got a lot of breaking news to tackle right out of the gate. We do, but before before we do oh, that. You have, you have pre- Pre-breaking news Bef- topics. I do have to get to a CSI Savage Town update. Okay. This is important because I know I know all the dirtballs want to know what happened. I've done more research on the man who committed suicide because I have to know. I have to know what's going on in the building where I live. Uh, here's more research. I, I talked to the gentleman who is one of the maintenance guys here, and I got some info about his his room, about had you ever gone in there to fix anything? What's this guy's deal? Apparently, and it's kind of relevant what's going on right now with Jacksonville, big gamer. Really? So he said he had a, an entire setup of intense, I, I, do, I don't know, I'm not a gamer, but his setup was for a lot of video game stuff. And every time he went in there to fix... Nerd! <laughs> every time he went in there to... Rest in peace, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Every time he went in there, the guy was like intensely playing Xbox or PlayStation. I don't know what he had, but right. but he had the whole system set up with the TV and 
the audio. So I just wanted to add that. That's a little extra. The whole whole system set up, you know, with the TV and the audio and the video game console. The sound system. I don't know. (laughs) But that's a little, that's an extra little nugget of info. Okay. Big gamer. Big gamer. Yeah. You know who else is a big gamer? Your boy? Manager Nobly. Oh, okay. He was a gamer. I thought you were going to go the different route with this. Yeah. Manager Nobly retired today. He did. He's officially done. Not from life. Rest in peace to the 127? What room? 136. 136. But uh, just from the NBA, Ginobili, the third, the last of the big three, gone from San Antonio. The dynasty, officially, the book is closed. I had a big debate with somebody about Ginobili probably a month or two ago on Twitter, of course. Okay. Because that's where all the debate should happen. Right. In 280 characters. What's the debate? I said he's without a doubt a Hall of Famer. I think he probably is because a Hall of Famer. Of I one, don't know about without a doubt he's a Hall of Famer. One uh, caveat, and, you, and we both know what that is. Yeah. The basketball, it's the Basketball Hall Correct. of Fame. Yeah. It is not the United States NBA Hall of Fame. Correct. Yeah, so without a doubt, he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, based on his career in the NBA alone, I don't know. He's probably a Hall of Famer. I don't know if he's without a doubt a Hall of Famer. Yeah. But he's 100%. He 100% will be a member of the Basketball Hall of Fame simply because, like you said, uh, I got in an argument with somebody on Twitter the other day. During the whole, like, uh, McGrady, Kobe, all that conversation we were having, because somebody was like, yeah, if you look at that Rockets team, more Hall of Famers on that team than Kobe's Lakers team, which is like, who who are we talking about? Yao Ming is a Hall of Famer not because of his NBA statistics, but because he basically brought basketball to China. Exactly. He, the NBA. Single-handedly is responsible for taking it to yeah. Asia. And Arvita Sabonis is in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's a good point. And that's, again, that's my reasoning Arvita why. Arvita Sabonis averaged 12 points in the NBA. and the, Exactly. And that's why Ginobili will 100% be in the Hall of Fame. And that's what I was trying to argue with somebody. Yeah. And, and I just love ignorant people. And you can't, you know, whatever. What are you going to do with stupid people? So, but he also, you know. Obviously, four-time champion, which means he's better than LeBron. He's better than Steph. He's better than KD. We all know championships are all that matters. So four, he's. uh, But he not only was he a four-time NBA champion, he was a Euro League champion. He was an Italian League champion. He didn't come over to the NBA until I believe he was twenty-four or twenty-five years old because he's forty-one now, and he came over in two thousand two. He won those. He won four times with the Spurs. He was. He often came off the bench. He, I, I believe, he won six man of the year. He did at one um, point. I'm multiple pl- All Star. Um, I'm sure he was never a first team All NBA, but I bet he was a second and third teamer in his career. Um, but that's it. Kawhi gone, and now all of the big three gone. So here's some quick, some quick uh, accolades he achieved. As you said, four time NBA champion, two time All Star. Two-time All-NBA third team, sixth man of the year in 2008, uh, second team All-Rookie 2003. You're right. EuroLeague champion, EuroLeague finals MVP. Yeah. That year he was a champion. So I think he was a league MVP in Italy. Yeah, twice. Yep. That's all before he's 24. 
so again, it's the basketball Hall of Fame, yeah. not the. You will 100%, 100% be in the Hall of Fame. Again, if you were basing this solely, if it was the Major League Baseball, you know, if it was like that, based solely on what he did in the NBA, I'm not sure he's 100% lock, but he is, because of the way the league is, he is a 100% lock. Sure. Well, look at those teams now. Obviously, Duncan, Hall of Famer. Ginobili. Again, we have an international player, which helps. Is Tony Parker a Hall of Famer? I mean, because I don't, there's no other Hall of Famers from France. Yeah, I, I don't know what uh, what Parker did in other leagues before he came over. Parker was younger when he came over, but yeah, probably he's probably simply because he's French. Yeah, and he also had a great career. And let's not forget, and he's not done. Tony Parker was a Finals MVP. Right. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. Think about that. Right now, Tony Parker was an NBA Finals MVP. Steph Curry's never been an NBA Finals MVP. That's some Play-Doh shit right there. Mind blown. Play-Doh shit. Well, let's not forget fucking one of the reasons Steph isn't an NBA Finals MVP is Andre Iguodala is a Finals MVP and Steph isn't. That's some Aristotle shit right there. (laughs) Fucking just naming philosophers now. That's some Socrates shit right there. I don't know why. I don't know. That's my mind being blown. You're going to have to gif that. That's the noise my dad makes. You know, my dad makes sound effects. I think I've talked about that, right? Is that his mind blown sound effect? Well, no. Walt just makes sound effects. He'll be watching like golf and he'll just go. You're like, what? Really? Oh, yeah. My family. Is on the spectrum? I don't know. I don't think so. But my family picked up on it years ago. Like, these weird noises will just come out of my dad's mouth. You're like, what? What are you doing, dad? While he's watching golf? What, what, whatever he's doing. Well, if he's walking, he's always lurking. Walt's a lurker. Yeah. He'll walk around the house looking at, like, you know, the trees or if he needs to do something with the yard. And he's always, he's always lurking. Like, if you... Not if a I, very good lurker to also be a sound effects guy. <laughs> it's like around the corner, you just hear... Poof. You know my dad is? You know in, in Home Improvement, his, yeah. his neighbor who's looking over the fence? That's my dad, like, backing out of the driveway or driving. Always just, like, what am I going to hit leaving my parents' driveway to go on the street? Oh, he, he'll what? He'll stay outside oh. the car? He'll, he'll stare from the kitchen. Just stare. Oh, my dad used to not get into the car until you were pulled out of the garage. Like, he wouldn't get in the car in the garage. I'm like, get in the fucking car. He's like, no, I'm just going to make sure you get out okay. Get out okay. Oh, yeah, you lost? What are you, a fucking... You're like a an airport worker? He's got like the fucking orange thing. Come on back. Straight back. Straight back. Like, Luke, get in the fucking car. That's amazing. Yeah. Come to think about it. My dad's the same way. Yeah. I think it's just an old person thing. Unreal. Well, Prano, let's get to the uh, New York Giants news. Yeah. This has got to make my you, boy Black Jesus gonna make you very happy. I mean, super excited. Lock up Odell. Odell Beckham signed a. Well, you looked it up before. Five me. year, ninety five million dollar contract, highest uh, contract ever for a wide receiver. Sixty five million guaranteed, uh, highest ever guaranteed for a wide receiver. And I don't know the math on it, but apparently he'll get uh, he'll average twenty million or get around twenty million for the first three years. I don't know. 
I don't know how that all works with like the fucking guarantee and all that because that just leaves. I mean, even if you break down ninety five by five, it's like nineteen million or whatever. So, sure. Yeah. So what? Then he'll go down to eighteen for the last two years, or something like that. Well, it's we talked about it before the show. I think the needle is moving in the right direction for these big time skill position players to get guarantees, and then this is this is uncharted territory. It used to be standard for a quarterback to get this, and now and that was it. Yeah, and now Gurley, and now Odell, and now you know guys basically. I I, I think it's gonna. I think it'll move to defense as well. I think Khalil Mack will probably get a guarantee. Aaron Donald. I think Aaron Donald will get a guarantee. I think people are just smartly, their agents are just going, hey, man, like, no, fuck you. You want this guy? It has to be guaranteed because we all know what can happen in this yeah. game. And you guys can cut people whenever the fuck you want, which is ludicrous. So so he got $65 million. I just looked up again. Gurley got $45 million guaranteed, which, like we were saying— these guys are hypothetically one cut or one, you know, tackle, whatever it is, away from shredding their knee, which could end their career. But now it's like, okay, my career ends. I have sixty-five million dollars. Yeah, I I will survive. I'll be I'll be good. Yeah. So this is huge, I think. Uh, yeah, and and as a Giants fan, I'm obviously excited about it. Uh, Odell coming off an injury. Um, but you can't really ask him to have done more for the Giants than he has done in the games he's played in his first four years. Uh, I mean, he's, again, if you look at the numbers, like on a per-game basis yeah, in his first four years, he's ahead of everybody basically in everything. Um, you know, it, I'm not sure that's necessarily translates to team success, but I don't think that's on him. I don't think that's on him demanding the ball or anything like that. The Giants have just been bad and have not had a running game and have not had weapons. And what more can you ask him to do than take slants 75 yards to the house and catch 12 balls a game? And Eli Manning, over the course of his career, has never been a guy who's just like, I'm going to feed somebody the ball. He throws to the guy who's open. And I think also with Odell, he knows when in doubt, I can throw it to him even if he's not that open. So, really, again, nothing more that you can ask for from a receiver than what he's done. I think he's more than earned his money. And honestly, Odell's been criticized as he's sort of gotten the diva tag, which I disagree with. um, Because they're all divas. Well, I I think all these receivers are divas. Well, for a couple of reasons, I, I think it's almost like, you know, the Me Too thing. It's like a guy who rapes a girl. And a guy who, like, molests a girl, you know, grabs a girl's boob or whatever. These are different levels. Sure. Like, to say, oh, you know, to say Dez is a diva and and Odell's a diva and Randy Moss is a diva and Terrell Owens is a diva. It's like, there's got to be levels. You can't just say diva yeah, wide receiver. Yeah, but I would put all those guys. Th- I would Personally, I would lump all those guys together. One. Well, here's what I'll say about Odell what he, Beckham. What Odell has done on the sideline are all characteristics of a diva except one thing that odell's never done on the sideline is he's throwing a tantrum yeah personal tantrum he's you've never seen him in the face of his quarterback you've never seen him in the face of his coach he's never been a give me the damn ball guy he just went through all of uh preseason 
without a deal. He's not holding out. He didn't hold out to get this deal. A lot of guys, a lot of diva players have said, I want to get paid and I'm not coming back until you pay me. He's gone through, I mean, rightfully so, coming off an injury. They shouldn't be playing him in the preseason anyway. But he's been out there practicing with his team. He's not holding out. He's never been a Terrell Owens style, you know, in the face of his quarterback on the sideline. He's never he's never criticized the coaching staff in press conferences. He's never criticized his quarterback. He's never criticized his offense. He's never criticized anything. He's just been a loud personality on the sideline with the kicking net yeah, and, the, but- and the crying and the... But again, those t- those are, in my opinion, diva things to do. But again, I will say, if you don't draw a difference between those two things, I don't think you really understand what effect one sort of diva attitude has on a team versus another. If you look right now, the entire Giants locker room is celebrating that Odell Beckham got paid. Dude, I'm His not- teammates love him. Yeah. Everybody, everybody in the organization has nothing good to say about uh, nothing, nothing bad. but nothing bad yeah. to say about him. He's not the guy who's I want to score my touchdowns and everybody else can fuck off. He's just never been that guy. And you look at again Terrell Owens. We've both been we've both defended Terrell Owens in his you know right to be in the Hall of Fame and shouldn't have waited. His his stats speak for themselves, but he was on five teams. He did have people that were like, no, he's kind of a dickhead. He he did throw quarterbacks under the bus. He did get into the face of coaches on the sideline. It's a different kind of diva, if you ask me. We can agree on that. We can agree there's different levels of diva dumb. Like I think you know, again, so sort of like the uh, sort of like Matt. I know Matt Damon got criticized for it, but he's like, yeah, Ben Affleck drunkenly like groped somebody on camera one time. That's different than being a rapist. Sure. Like, you know what I mean? This isn't all the same fucking, you're not all just fucking me too'd. I mean, for the most part, I think we'd agree every, no, I don't want to say every, but off the top of my head, most successful known wide receivers have some level of diva in them. Well, you know, there's there's guys in the NFL now, the AJ Greens and the Julio Jones. Okay, good point. They are, don't. But now you look at it like But even AJ Green lost his shit last year right? against Jalen Ramsey. Right. And Julio Jones is he gonna is he gonna hold out for a contract? Like again, it there's levels of these things, but Le'Veon Bell and Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack, these guys are superstars and they want their money. They're not there. And Odell was there, and Odell was practicing, and Odell got his money, and he got his $65 million, and I think that goes a long way. And again, as a Giants fan, do you want your wide receiver kicking over kicking nets on the sideline? No, you don't. You just don't need people going, look at what the fuck he's doing. But I'd rather that 100 times than one finger in the face of my offense coordinator or one finger in the face of my quarterback. A hundred times. I'd rather him kick over a hundred nets and go on a hundred boat trips and fuck a hundred French strippers with fucking blunts in his hand than point a finger at my quarterback on the sideline. Because I think that's divisive for your team. When you look at the way his teammates react to him, everybody seems to be on his side. Every Everybody has how something positive years, to how say. How many years is this deal? Five years. So it's basically into his next quarterback. Yeah, for sure. 
Because Eli probably has what? Two or three left? I mean, hard to say, but yeah, I mean, it's probably into his next quarterback. It would it would be if Eli is still playing for the Giants in five years, he's won another Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, I gotcha. But it's hard to say, you know, these days in the NFL, like guys are playing fucking into their forties. Eli Manning's thirty seven, I believe. Well, we're talking about uh receivers. Who are the who's gonna be the Patriots receiver this year? I saw Eric Decker retired. That yep. just didn't work out. Yeah. Seriously, who's playing receiver for the Patriots? Welker's out the first four games. Right. No, Edelman. I'm sorry. Yeah. Welker retired. Years ago. <laughs> Dude, I just... All those white wide receivers... I mean, Hogan? Well, yeah, Hogan's good. Yeah. So you got Hogan, Edelman when he comes back. But it's like, it's the Patriots. What are they going to go in their first four games without Edelman? Three and one. Yeah. Okay. Let's say they go two and two. No, yeah. I don't think anybody's like, oh, no, season's over. We're never going to catch the Jets. How are we ever going to make up that one game behind Tannehill's Dolphins we are? The fucking the Nathan Peterman Bills. I was talking about this actually with Michael Madgett last uh, last Saturday. And he, you know, he's a Boston guy, so he's diehard Patriots. But even he said when we, when we got some food after our show, he's like, you know what nobody ever talks about? Maybe they do. He's like, even as a Patriots guy, man. Our division has been such a case. And then, and then we started breaking down the other divisions in the AFC in particular. He's like, we've had so, minus a couple really good defensive years from the Jets. It's the Pats division every year. Right. Again, this year. Like, I would be shocked, wouldn't you, if the Patriots did not win the division. Yes. Who, who's going who's gonna to contest them? Not yeah. the Bills. Not the Dolphins. Definitely not the Jets. No. Well, you're not you're not all in on the Sam Darnold is the Messiah train. I saw you tossing some shade. I, it's funny because you know I don't care about preseason. You know I don't watch preseason. Yeah, but obviously you build your own timeline on Twitter, and a lot of the people that I follow are sports people and New Yorkers, and then obviously I follow a lot of dirt balls who tend to tweet sports too. So I'm reading these holy shit. Can you believe what Sam Darnold's doing? And you saw my tweet because I just took the fucking box score. Because I go check in at the game at halftime, and I'm like, oh, Darnold's 25 for 25 for 600 yards in the first half and five touchdowns. He's 8 for 16 for 93 yards and a, and a touchdown? Like, what? I, I, like, I understand maybe he's looked good or whatever, but this is, the, this is why this is the sure thing. And the, the tweets I was seeing a lot of, which made me – which made me actually write my tweet is like, thank you to the Giants for passing on this guy. Have fun with Wash Eli Manning and Saquon Barkley behind no offensive line. And you go in and you're like, and like in my head, I'm first of all, I'm like, well, you know, we signed to the top free agent offensive lineman. We drafted a great offensive lineman in round two. We, we do have Saquon Barkley and Eli Manning. Let's see what Eli is doing. I was like, holy shit. Okay, so this is this is what's inspiring these tweets. Well, I'll be honest, man. I haven't watched any preseason, like none. I had I've had maybe two games on in the background for maybe ten minutes while I was doing something else before I left on a couple nights. So I've watched zero. Yeah, I'm zero. pretty superstitious about 
uh, the preseason. I don't. It means nothing. I don't think these guys should play. Like Eli Manning was out there. Obviously, you know, there's not really knock on wood. Do we have any real wood in this place? Uh, that you know, he's not. He's not the kind of guy who gets hurt. So you don't really have this fear of what's going to happen. You know, what if we lose our quarterback in the preseason? But even Eli, why? What's he out there for? What's he out there for to get to get in uh, rhythm with who? Well, did you see what uh, Sean McVay was doing with the Rams? I love it. I'm shocked more coaches don't do that. The what is it? The is this the third week? The yeah. third week they say is like the dress rehearsal yeah. for the regular season, where the starters play a whole half. Yeah, that was last week. Okay. Yeah. 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 And then this week this is week, past week. Yeah. And then this, uh, this upcoming or, or this week now is where guys are trying to make the final roster. Right. McVay didn't play any of the top dogs on either. Yeah. So he didn't play Goff, Gurley. Good. And people were like, well, this is, most coaches don't do it. He's sitting on the last two games. Sure. I'd sit him all four. Unless you're talking about like a guy, like Saquon Barkley, for example, uh, got hurt. Uh, and then, but it's not like a serious injury, but then like, they're going to keep him out for precaution. But it's like, what does Saquon Barkley need to know about the Giants offense that he can't learn in fucking practice? Get the ball, find a hole. Like you're the number two overall pick. You're a running back. This is not fucking, you're not the quarterback. I understand playing your, playing a rookie quarterback. Okay. You don't know if Darnold's going to start or he's not going to start. You don't know if Mayfield's going to start or he's not going to start. These guys have to get game reps. Maybe there's a quarterback, you know, uh, I get Mahomes has to play. But why would you play your why would you play a big time wide receiver? Why would you play a big time running back? Why would you play a quarterback who owns his position? Well, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here. I think why and I'm not saying I necessarily agree with it. I think why the coaches do it is to get that real that real time action, right? Like of, I don't know, taking the hits from another team and just live game action just to prepare you. It's like anything. Uh, I say, fuck all that. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather go, guess what? You're going to have your first guess, live hit in the, in, the, in the regular season because, I guess the God argument, forbid, you get hurt. I guess the argument would be like, as comedians, we see, I mean, we see big-name comics, you know, we, it's called drop-in, would drop in a small room yeah to work on jokes right before they hit the big clubs or the big theaters yeah i guess i guess that could be maybe an analogy that would be a, an analogy and my argument to that would be there's zero percent chance that bill burr drops into a show and somebody punches him in the throat making it un, uh, impossible for him to do his big show at the theater okay fair enough right yeah like if it was true open mics like Fucking, you've seen cartoons where they're like, we're throwing tomatoes at people if we don't like them. I would not go there as a headliner. Yeah. Like, if you're, again, if you're a wide receiver, if you're a, a premier wide receiver, a premier running back, even a high draft pick, unless you have something to prove, unless you're trying to earn your starting job, I would never play him. McVay knows Goff is starting, knows Gurley's starting, knows all these guys are playing. What What do they have to prove? Yeah. Well, we know they'll be ready for. Yeah. they'll be healthy at least. Sure, for opening day. I mean, we've seen big time. Marquise Lee is done for the year. Done. He got hurt in. Uh, he got hurt in 
this past week's game. He's done for the year. He was, I guess, arguably going to be their number one wide receiver. Yeah. And he's done. And also— And especially on a team that doesn't have the best receiving core. And also, there was a lot of talk about the— um, the way the the penalties change from I don't know if you saw this from week two to week three. Yeah, there's a ton of these. Uh, Players aren't happy. Right, there's a ton of these like helmet to helmet or like personal fouls called, and then there was less this week. Now, did players adjust the way they were hitting, or did the refs? I don't know, but one thing's for sure: that guy did not go high on Marquise Lee. I don't know if he didn't go high because he didn't want to get a penalty, but he went low. And now his fucking knee's gone. But that's what Jags players are saying. Yeah. They're saying because of what's going on in this ambiguous area of penalties and nobody knows how to fuck the tackle anymore. Right. That shredded But And that's my point. And that's my point is also at week three of the preseason is everybody's dress rehearsal. It's the fucking refs dress rehearsal. It's how do I tackle dress rehearsal. Fuck all that shit. Yeah. I, I, you're not out here for a fucking... You're not playing. I would never play you. Yeah. Well, it's almost here, Prano. The season starts a week from Thursday when we'll be in Chicago for our live podcast, which, again, you guys can get tickets to. Yeah. Chicago Dirtball Fam Meetup. Comedy Bar. If you go to the Comedy Bar website, there's a uh, there's a link to their second stage, or we've put out the the tweets ourselves with the – and the I believe the link is in our – Description for all the podcasts. Correct. Um, Thursday night, opening night of the NFL, will be when we do a live podcast. I'm, I'm getting more and more excited for like every aspect of this. Like every time I think about something, I'm like, I'm pretty stoked for this live podcast. Then I'm pretty excited to go to these baseball games. Pretty excited to watch NFL Sunday, week one in Chicago. Chicago's a great city. A great city to watch some football in. Say all that, and then, oh yeah, I'm headlining the whole weekend at Comedy Bar. Icing on the cake. I mean, I get to road trip with Ruther. That's always fun. You get to deal with flying with me. I'll probably probably throw it out there. Might even throw it out there right now. The old, uh, my favorite thing to do whenever we road trip together. All donations made via Venmo will be used on alcoholic beverages after Andy Ruther wants to go home. So... So Venmo me or Venmo or Venmo the Dirty Sports Podcast. Although that was pre-woke Ruther. Yeah. So what does that mean? It means like I'm chiller now, bro. So now now you won't be as like, dude, we're done. It's over. It's time to go. I'm the one who's like, dude, the bars are open until five. I don't even drink. Yeah. I'm the one who said that a couple weeks ago. I got guy on couch is providing some cannabis for us. Fantastic. So I'm covered. Great. I'll be in my own zone. Love it. I'm I'm excited too. Chicago's a great city. It's one of my favorite cities. I've already gotten some suggestions on food. Somebody gave me a good breakfast spot. Uh, we're gonna have to do some Chicago deep dish. Oh, that's yeah. for sure. Oh, I, yeah. I, I like deep dish. I'm a deep dish guy. It's not my preferred like everyday pizza, but certainly. I'm stoked, man. Two ball games. I was looking. We still have not pulled the trigger yet, but we're gonna pull the trigger for the White Sox and Cubs using SeatGeek. Dude, I'm stoked. I was looking at SeatGeek. I was looking at SeatGeek for so much stuff. I was looking for our Chicago trip. I'm for sure I've decided, and we should do this together. Rams, Chargers at the LA Coliseum. Yeah. I want to check that out. I was looking at concerts. I still want to go see a concert at the uh the infamous forum in Inglewood. 
So many options. That's what I love about SeatGeek. Brando, I can literally hop on it before bed and check everything from sports to comedy to concerts. It let's, has it all. Let's get those White Sox tickets on SeatGeek, and then let's uh, let's tweet out our section so people can come watch Brando watch baseball. We should. And, guys, best of all, you should download SeatGeek because all you guys get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code DIRTY today. That's promo code DIRTY for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Okay, I want to bring up this uh, Andy Dalton Buffalo Bills story. Yep. Because I really am going to be curious on your take on this. I got into a, uh, like a, like a deep text discussion with with a lady who's from Buffalo and like you could tell she's like dude you're kind of being a dick you're kind you were kind of being a dick she felt that way about my take on this whole what's situation your t- i mean what's your t- i think to me it's all in good fun so the bengal's played the bills yesterday yeah. preseason and as we know the bills made the playoffs last year for the first time in 17 years yeah and the reason they did was because the Bengals upset the Ravens uh, week 17 in Baltimore. It was like a fourth and 17 play. And I forget who Dalton threw it to. If it was, uh, I think it was Tyler Boyd or somebody. Anyway, the Bengals had some like improbable 60-yard touchdown to basically end that game. Meaningless game for them because they go 7-9. They knock Baltimore out of the playoffs. The Bills make the playoffs. So Bills fans are so happy. First playoffs in 17 years. And uh, there's some good things that came of it. They do, they donated. Yeah. Hold on, but let me get that. They donated 450 grand to Andy Dalton's charity, which then he took that money. I guess it's for a cancer charity, and donated all of that 450 grand to uh, a Buffalo, in particular, cancer charity. Here's where I'm gonna toss shade, and this is where this girl's like, dude, you're kind of being a dick. Here's what I'm saying. Andy Dalton shows up in Buffalo yesterday. That was last NFL season. You can say he's responsible, but also, well, the Bengals receiver caught the ball. He ran at it. You know, there's, there's a lot of factors in play here. They give him a standing ovation to the point where the Buffalo personnel, like their team media, brings out Dalton, and he's waving. I watched the whole video for 30 seconds. He's getting a standing ovation in Buffalo Stadium. This is my knock on Buffalo. You guys look fucking pathetic. You do. I hold on. I get that the charity and all that, that's a that's all great stuff. No one's knocking that. But my argument is this: just be happy. You're giving a standing ovation to an opposing team's quarterback because he got you into the playoffs where you don't win. Like well, what? I, my point is, name a time. Have we ever seen this? Well, I but hold on, let me. Uh, here's my argument. So there's the donation to chair. There's like applauding him, you know, not physically applauding him, but there's like the joke of he saved our season. He gave he gave us his playoff berth. We're gonna we're gonna give to his charity. This is our like fun way of being like, haha, you you got us in the playoffs. Here's money for your charity, which is good. Then. Like you said, the whole the whole like donating it to a like what part of this standing ovation is all a part of that? Like then he gave the money back to Buffalo 
it's kind of, to me, it's just like, I mean, are they still really giving him a, a standing ovation because of the pass? I think now they're giving him a standing ovation because of the whole thing. Okay. I can understand that. So but, it's like now, you know, now it's become know. a fucking story. But but to me, it turns into like. The- and also, let me just say one more thing before you go on. It's the preseason. They're not. This is not a. This is not a regular season. You know, this win or loss matters. We're gonna fucking, you know, be Mister Nice Guy to opposing quarterbacks. This is the preseason. Well, the vibe I got, and I see your point. The vibe I get is. You've set the bar too low, Buffalo. And, and that's kind of maybe where I come from. Of They you, hadn't gotten in the playoffs in 20 years. 17 years. And I get that. Also, they're Buffalo. I mean, people go there for a fucking waterfall. You know what I mean? Yeah, but like, raise, raise the expectations. Wings. Why have such low expectations in life? That's all I'm saying. I, I think it's all in good fun. I, I, I think I think it's all in good fun. I think it's been a good story. I think everybody was the winner here. Everybody involved on both sides of these teams was the winner. You know? Uh, Andy Dalton got to do something good for charity and g- gave back to Buffalo. Buffalo got to be in the playoffs. They donated. I mean... Again, the, the charity stuff is great. Like it, to, I, me, I just, to me, it's a different thing than like, oh, they donated to Joe Flacco's foundation because he threw a pick... That got them into the playoffs. You know what I mean? It's like everything here is positive. And I get that. But I'm I'm looking, I, I'm just, I don't know. From my perspective, I just see like, yay, we made the playoffs. And then we put up three points and we gave a standing ov- we gave a bigger standing ovation to a quarterback because a team beat another team than any of our own players who still got us to the playoffs. Like, like that's my argument, I guess, too, is that, sure, Andy Dalton made a pass, again, kind of like a miracle pass at the end of the game, but Andy Dalton didn't get the Bills to 9-7 and seven and make the playoffs right. last year. That's all I'm saying. Show, show a little respect for your own players. That's Look, to me, it's kind of like when the bar has been set... I'm sure, but, the, you know, it's like let's, let's not say that this... This first time the fans have shown up or clapped since the season. Like I'm sure we know Buffalo fans. I'm sure there's people that are tailgating outside their practices every day. Are you saying I'm grasping for straws here? I just think. I just think. Yeah. I mean, it, it's almost. And by the way, shout out to fucking Manny Ginobili for not doing this. Who just retired today on Twitter without the Kobe Bryant, Derek Jeter two year long fucking retirement tour. I'm uh, manager only said I'm retiring today. I'm not retiring in 2021. What Everybody if- suck my dick from now until then. Yeah. But uh I mean we've seen this before where players go to other uh, opposing stadiums and they give them a gift before a game that matters. We're the, we're we're both going to try to win this game. Oh, here's your fucking the golden pizza cutter, Kobe, for being in fucking New York for your last game. Here's the golden cheesesteak. Here's the fucking we've seen this where yeah, you guys I get slurp it. the fucking opponents. I get it. That's that's corny. That's hack too. What by the way, that's manager Ginobili deserves to be in the Hall of Fame just for not doing a cheddar dick retirement tour. I have a feeling like I can see Jeter and Kobe going on like a post-retirement retirement tour together. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I just imagine at this point, like, the the women they, they cheat on their wives with, like, go home with, like, he's like, here's the, here's the fucking golden cheesesteak. She's like, what is this? He's like, it's your parting gift today. I'm just giving out shit for my retirement tour. 
Yeah, man. I don't know. Like I said, that's why I wanted to bring up the Andy Dalton thing, though. I don't know if I was forcing it. I just looked at it as if this was a regular season, and and you know, Cincinnati doesn't make a trip to Buffalo until Week 15, and this game, you know, is going to determine have a big part in determining whether or not they make the playoffs again. I wouldn't be all fucking nicey nicey with their quarterback before that game, but I, I just it's the preseason. My, my, Chari- cancer charities are involved. Fucking my vibe is my vibe my vibe is this at this point of Bills Mafia. I kind of get the vibe. We we all know the whole Bills Mafia and slamming people through tables and it's all fun. And you and I both agreed that we feel that's kind of played out. You gotta come up with a new gimmick. But I almost get the vibe, maybe it's because I'm competitive, of they've just accepted mediocrity when my mentality is, why accept mediocrity, especially in the NFL, where any team can win? But your fans and your franchise are two wholly different things. It's it's Maybe, maybe I'm saying that because I come from— Like, a, for example, you know, as a Mets fan, Mets fans have not accepted— that this team is a fucking dumpster fire and the ownership is garbage. People are going to games, and the Mets have been winning the last few weeks. Guys are going to games with bags on their head. Sell the team. It's like there's a completely different. There's a there's a distinct line between your fans and your franchise. Sure. And often th- those two things have nothing to do with each other. Well, I guess the bigger question is what type of fan base do you want or do you prefer? Because as much as we like to bitch or make jokes about, let's say, like a Boston fan base or a Philly fan base. I still respect those fan bases for being passionate. To me, and and the reason that this— I mean, Sean Merriman said Buffalo's fans, best he ever played for. Sure, sure. But to me, again, I think why this story hits home so hard is because I see a big similarity with Cincinnati Bengals fans and Buffalo Bills fans. Dude, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I'll never forget after that playoff game in 2014, after the Bengals choked away against the Chargers, I'll never forget going to those bars. How everybody was dancing, they didn't care. And I was sitting there, you know, in all Bengals gear thinking, this is pathetic. You guys have just accepted mediocrity. You've accepted losing. Like, that's not how you should be as a fan. I'm not saying it's a life or death situation, but set the bar a little higher. Expect to win. Want to win. You always say this. It's Super Bowl or bust, and I agree with you. Yeah, I just don't think that this particular story is any proof that the Buffalo Bills fans are like, oh, all we wanted was to make the playoffs. I think this is snowballed and is now a funny fucking thing where they're like – yeah, that was wasn't that funny when we gave money to Dalton, like because he got us in the playoffs, and it was like, ha ha, look at like this is what we're gonna do, and then. It snowballed. He gives the money back. He gives it specifically a bubble, and now it's and now everybody's happy. Everybody's just like thinks it's fun and funny, and he got applauded for it. Okay. And I mean, look, I have not. I know you're an Andy Dalton. You know, you are maybe the world's foremost Andy Dalton hater, but like, I am not. I'm by no means an Andy Dalton fan. I don't give a fuck. I always thought, like, especially on the. On the hard knocks, like the cheddar dickery of the the fucking rubber ring and all that nonsensical fucking Christian bullshit that, you know, I'm out on all that stuff. But, like, fine. Who cares? Well, look, obviously I've been very critical of Andy Dalton in the past. 
I think this is a reach for you. I think this is. I think okay. this is. That's why I'm bringing it up. I think you're still. I mean, I think you still hang on to some. You know, you want to say that you're broken up with the Bengals, but I think that, you know, there's still some part of you. You're with your new girlfriend. You still think about that old that chick that that you broke up with. And, you know, I still think you hold some some ill will toward the Bengals and you're you're ready to throw shade. Any opportunity you get at the Bengals and anybody that is cheering for the Bengals. And well, you're right. I, I will not disagree with that. There's definitely still feelings there um, and some some animosity towards. Him towards- and then there's like you know we have some we have some uh, outspoken Bills fans that have been members of the Dirtball fam that you may or may not have lifelong beef with at this point. Like you know, I think there's a lot of emotions running through your your, we, your decision here. We also have some great Bills fans who support the show, uh, and and they'll hear this, and I'll be interested to hear their opinions. I just yeah, I guess for me the big silver lining on all this was don't accept mediocrity. That's all I was trying to say. To me, if like, I I mean the the only thing I'll say in in defense of your argument is like, I I'd never I couldn't imagine Giants fans doing this. But see that but see you bring up you bring up the point, and that's what I want to add on to. I can't remember not just Giants fans. I can't remember any time. Can you? And I thought about this, where I've seen this sort of treatment to an opposing team's player. Who did not formally play for that team and come back? Yeah, I can't think of it. Whether it's preseason or not, can you think of a time where they've given a standing ovation to an opposing team's player that never played for that team? Well, again, I mean, I think these retirement tours—you see a lot of it. Sure, but I mean, you I, there's there's examples of it. Okay, I just I can't think of any. Yeah, you can't either. Not off the top of my head, but I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are. Okay. Well, the good news for both Cincinnati Bengals and Buffalo Bills fans are neither of your team is doing anything deep in this year. I don't think so. In the playoffs. No. So you guys can can both embrace and have a giant big seven and nine uh, party (laughs) together. You're not you're not all in on like the Peterman Bills. Is he is he going to start or is Josh I Allen? I, I don't think they've decided. I mean, Peterman Peterman had the worst game in NFL history last year. Yeah, Peterman's game against the Chargers was it was blinking guy meme on loop. That's all it was. It's like three hours of blinking. There's a reason guy. you play him in the preseason. You know what I mean? There's not a reason you play your starter though. Yeah, well, I I did like McCarron, but he got hurt. Yeah. How, how and how long is he out for? I don't know. Like I said, I haven't really followed preseason at all. Yeah, dude, you get, like once NFL hits. I, I've been saying this. My Sundays are done. Right. Like I got to take advantage of beach pool volleyball, whatever it is. Especially being outside. And also now in the preseason, they they play a game on Thursday, they play a game on Friday, they play a game on Saturday. Saturday. I don't yeah. know what the fuck day like. That's why I didn't know. I really, I mean, I think in the back of my head I knew from Twitter, but like it certainly wasn't on my radar that like Giants Jets was on. I think they played Friday or whatever. Yeah. It wasn't on my radar that like, oh, I got to tune into that. So only when I went on to Twitter and people were like, Darnold is walking on water, was I like, we're going to fucking find out what 
Like I was like actually nervous. I was like, oh my god, is Sam Darnold has Sam Darnold completed forty consecutive passes, and now we are gonna look like dipshits for passing on him? And then it was like, oh, he's eight for eight for sixteen with ninety three yards. But is Darnold even gonna start for sure? I don't know. I don't think they know. Like I don't think they know if it's gonna be him or Bridgewater or fucking McCown. Yeah, I always forget about Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. That's going to be one of the big storylines of this NFL season is how these rookies do. Because there's a lot of them. Yeah. There's a lot of rookie quarterbacks. Yeah. The other big storyline is will the Cleveland Browns O-line coach die of a massive <laughs> heart attack? I mean, the people that have come, like, we had a couple people come at us about our uh, Cle- calling Cleveland out. Well, somebody wanted to make a bet. Yeah. Well, clearly that's never happening ever again. Shout out to fucking Mac. The Mac, the Dolphins fan. Is Mac is Mac alive? I wonder if Mac listens to the show still. He's still fall. I saw he's still after that fan proposed uh the bet with the Brown about the Browns. I looked. He still follows dirty sports. Pretty sure I blocked him personally. I was so angry. Yeah. I was so angry, dude. I was so angry. Still waiting for that Bitcoin money to come through. <laughs> <laughs> Get on that Robinhood app, bro. <laughs> there you go, Prano. That's what he needs to do. Max got to get on that Robinhood. I'm already making money on Robinhood. That's good, guys. I'm investing myself in some, uh, what's it called, cryptocurrency? Yeah, Robinhood, guys. You got to get on Robinhood. We're working with Robinhood right now. What I love about Robinhood is there is no cost or commission fees. We all know other brokerage firms charge you up to $10 for every trade, but Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees. Trade stocks and keep all of your profits. I also love, because I'm not very savvy when it comes to stuff. Even though my old man is a retired stockbroker, I don't understand it. I don't get it. But Robinhood has these easy-to-understand charts and market data. I mean, look, you're talking to a guy who has spent most of his adult life as a starving artist. I am currently invested in multiple cryptocurrencies, and I just sold my stock in a solar power company. Like, I just sold solar solar stock. Oh, uh, you did? Yeah. You're really enjoying this. I'm loving it. I get up every day. I check how my, my chart's looking. Not great today. <laughs> Down 0.57%. Not, not a huge loss. But look, that's my week. That's, that's great. My, that's my month. Oh, I see. Yeah, I'm and uh, my order of my solar. I'm out on solar. You're out. I You're thought done. I thought for sure solar, the next big thing. I'm out. Well, guys, Robinhood is giving dirt balls a free. That's right, a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. And you guys can take advantage of all this great stuff simply by signing up at DirtySports.RobinHood.com. Once again, that's Dirty Sports dot robinhood.com and that link will be in the description of this episode you guys you guys can uh, hop on in just like prano yeah please do and if you're if you're uh if you're more experienced in this stuff get on and uh dm me with some of your robin hood picks of the week yeah love it so i can get in i got i got some money to spend now that i'm out on solar that's great i mean that's great take advantage of that okay so and I didn't have to pay a Walt Ruther to make that to sell that share for me either. Oh, shade of my old man. He's like, well, that's gonna cost you a couple bucks. Dude, yeah. I I don't even I like literally I went to work I took an economics class in high school, went to work with my dad one day 
for class because we could. They wanted you to write. They wanted it worked out. They're like, do something with economics. Like, well, my dad's a stockbroker. He's like, go to work, write a paper about it. Did you? It was like a take your son to work day, or you just like went to work with your dad? I went to work with my dad. It was the dude. My dad. He never swore. Like dropped f bombs. That was the first dude. I was eight. I was what was I? I was. Seven, I was 16 or 17. It was the first time I ever heard my dad drop the F-bomb at 16 or 17. It was just damn or shit. He never used any like the really bad words. And it was because maybe, maybe I, maybe I have the same fucking, maybe I got it from my dad. The road rage. We were pulling into the parking garage, and you know his his office was in downtown Cincinnati. It was great. It overlooks actually the, the Great American Ballpark now. And somebody basically just flew through and cut my dad off. And he's like, "That motherfucker!" And I'm like, "Whoa!" Oh, I thought you were going to tell me you were there, and he was like, "Buy, sell, fuck." Like, <laughs> that was just somebody cutting him off in the parking lot. Do you what, when you went to your dad's office? Like, what was it? What was his day to day? Just sit in his office with him? You're like, "What are you going to do now?" Lots of staring at all, you know, lots, lots of, of screens, computer screens, lots of screens. He was a gamer with the charts. <laughs> and then uh, he, had a, he had a client come in to meet him. And uh, I think the guy I think the guy had, was very had a lot of money. You know, my dad dealt with some people that had some fucking money. Um, and uh, what I learned, though, but my family had learned this and I knew this even before I went in. My dad was basically um Throwback to an old SNL sketch. You know Rob Schneider hanging out by the copier? Yeah, totally. That was my dad. Making copies. My dad loves copies. So even when all the internet age came in and emails and all that, my dad would still send stuff. He'd print copies at work and send it via the mail. Like he still... Like he still does to you. He's like, still mailing you shit. Like he still does. He wasn't big on the fax machine? No. He just loves mailing shit. I mean, I remember after my brain injury, because I had to take really specific eye drops in my left eye, he, he mailed me a thing he saw that he printed up from work. I'm like, dude, email would have taken two minutes. Yeah. He likes the mail. Supporting the U.S. mail system. What do you, how, much, how much do you think Walt charged his old company? How many, like, what do oh, you Oh, yeah, th- plus free mail. Just no. like it just goes out on the company postage, but between that and making copies, how much did my dad yeah. rip off the old company? Just for paper, <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> Fucking Walt. I always loved going to work. My uh, my two uh, going to work my dad memories that stand out are uh, when. He was measuring Patrick Ewing for a suit. That's so I, got, a gr- I got to meet my fucking one of my idols growing up, and my dad was standing on a table. Where did he that happen? That happened at his off at Donna Karen when he was uh, when he was working for Donna Karen. He was the head of production, and uh, Patrick Ewing decided he was going to be, you know, getting some classy, fancy suits. How old were you? I was. I, I w- it was after my senior year of high school. I was eighteen. I was going to. I was like, I'm going to Lehigh. It's like we played Lehigh when I was at Georgetown. And I was like, oh, yeah, that must have been, must have been some game. He's like, yeah, we won pretty good. Well, that's cool also that you get to meet Patrick Ewing at that age. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You, your perspective of meeting him at 9 versus 18 yeah, totally. is completely different. And then I remember when I was like 13 or 14, I was definitely not like – I was definitely not that old, but I wasn't that young either. I was probably like – I was early teens, and uh, we were going out to lunch. So I was up in his office. And, uh, you know, so there's when you work at a 
for a fashion company like that, a lot of things, there's like a showroom, there's, you know, fitting rooms, there's like all the stuff. So we got in my, from my dad's office and stops on the floor where it's like a fitting room and literally two like tens, model tens that are there like as runway models are like, are you guys going up or down? My dad goes, whichever way you're going, come on in. <laughs> I was like, oh, my dad's a pimp. <laughs> He's like, well, are like, what if they were going up? You know what I mean? He's going down. He's going to take them to the fucking basement. And, and they got in. And I was and my dad just starts like chatting up these models. Like, oh, yeah. I was like 13. I was like, this is amazing. I was like, invite him to lunch, dad. That's a good take your dad to work. Or yeah. Go to work with your take dad. Take your son dad. to work. Yeah. yeah. And I used to go to fashion shows with him all the time. And just like, we just sit like literally front row of like, you know, fashion week. I'm just like a 13-year-old kid in like Air Max and fucking, you know, shorts. And like a Knicks jersey, like that's uh, that's Ralph Lauren, that's P Diddy, <laughs> like like all right, this is dope. Yeah, you must have been exposed to a lot of stuff at a young age. That's yeah. cool, and you get to see people and meet people. Well, Joe, you know who else is making us look good? We're talking about fashion. Oh yeah, I might as well talk about your look today. Thank you. Got my flag and anthem T-shirt, my flag and anthem shorts. You know, Andy can. Uh, can back me up on this from the from day one when we started working with Flag and Anthem because there's a lot of a lot of companies we worked with that you may have noticed we don't work with anymore because we we stick with companies that we actually like believe in sure. and I said the first time we ever had a call with Flag and Anthem after they sent us some stuff I said I am from a fashion family like my dad worked in the fa- this is nice stuff like I approve. I will wear this. Sure. And I have a pretty high bar on like what I will and won't wear. And I basically am in Flag and Anthem full time now. Yeah. Well, my bar has been completely. Re- I talked about the Buffalo Bills fans, Cincinnati Bengals fans need to raise the bar. Don't accept mediocrity. Flag and Anthem basically helped me raise my bar. Yeah. I don't dress like such a slob anymore. I'm rocking the Flag and Anthem shorts. I got the Flag and Anthem hat with my Zeke t shirt. And you guys can also. Step up your apparel game by going to flagandanthem.com. Drop promo code DIRTY. Get to 25% off that first order. It's a great deal, guys. Their fall line is currently out. I was looking at flannels last night at flagandanthem.com. And once again, if you send us a screenshot, you get an automatic follow back and a koozie. Yep. Two koozies. It's been hot here in L.A. the last couple months. The longest heat wave that I recall in LA and I was doing the same thing Andy I was like oh it's going to cool down again I got to get me a flannel got to up my flannel game again with some new fall flannels 25% off how do you how do you not get a flannel exactly and again guys anybody who sends a screenshot to me or dirty sports you can wear LL bean or some yeah. shit come on man you get two free koozies so go to flagandanthem.com drop promo code dirty for 25% off that first order okay Obviously, it's a pretty light time of year. I would argue yep. the the lightest time of year. Thank for sh- God for the Ginobili and Odell Beckham news, huh? Yeah. Thank God you had a hot take on Andy Dalton and the Buffalo Bills fans. Yeah, I, we were actually going to record last night, and I had played pool volleyball all day, and I got and I, my phone was actually in my apartment. So look at me trying to grow. I'm like, I'm not even going to look at it. Yeah. It was in my apartment, I got up. I was like, shit, it's six twenty. We don't got shit to talk about. Let's, let's bump that to tomorrow so I can watch Play-Doh videos all night. <laughs> but anyway, 
I do. I do. Somebody who's just tuning in is like Play-Doh, like the fucking Fun Factory. I have to. I have to bring up this Kobe Bryant quote. I know we killed Kobe last episode, and we've done a lot of Kobe fucking dissing lately. Uh, and hey, I want to say this because do I like do I dislike Kobe for being a selfish basketball player? Yeah, I do. But like, I don't think telling the truth about Kobe is killing Kobe. Right? Yeah. Well, I I don't I don't feel like I t- I've taken a lot of digs at Kobe other than like you know bringing up the sexual assault stuff, but saying, you know, just talking about his actual career in the NBA, not exactly taking shots at the dude. Well, I thought this was a very interesting quote. In my opinion, again, I could have read this the wrong way. We might have a different opinion. I don't know what this is, so. Well, I'm going to read it how he said it. Kobe Bryant was discussing uh, LeBron James' arrival in L.A. on Rich Eisen's show, and... This is what Kobe said. If you are a fan of mine, you are a fan of winning. You are a fan of the Lakers. I bleed purple and gold, so that is above anything else. I have been a Lakers fan since I was yay high. That is never going to change. It's about winning championships, so they'll fall in line. It's that last line. He's talking about Lakers fans and not approving of LeBron, it's about winning championships so they'll fall in line. So that could be that could be taken two ways. Kobe's saying, hey, LeBron is in L.A. The Lakers are going to win championships. Or it could be maybe how I saw it. Again, I could be completely wrong, and I could be really grasping for straws again here, as him saying, it's about winning championships, which is Kobe saying, yo, man, I got five you got three. Am I, I reaching? I think it's actually neither of those. I think, and I didn't hear him say it, but when I hear you say it's about winning championships, they'll fall in line. I don't even think that necessarily means it's about actually winning championships. I think what he's saying is Lakers fans put winning first. Real Lakers fans are going to put winning above everything else. And LeBron James certainly gives you a better chance to win than anybody else. So I think maybe what he's saying is when LeBron comes and LeBron starts playing and they see how much better their team is just with the addition of LeBron James, that they're going to fall in line. That they're going to be like, oh, how, how will we not root for this guy? Look, He's turned the team around. Just him coming here has made us a championship contender. And I'm putting contender in air quotes because, like, you know, what does it really mean to be a contender now with, like, the Warriors and blah, 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 blah. But it certainly makes them, like, they're going to go from not being a playoff team to being a potential. Like, they're certainly, last year, it doesn't matter what happens in the league. The Lakers are not contenders. The Lakers are uh, Kevin Durant's sprained ankle away from being no air quotes contenders, right? Yeah. So I think what he was just saying is it's about winning and you'd have to be stupid. He's predicting LeBron James is going to bring a winning culture back. And if you if you care about winning, then you'll fall in line. 
Okay. And I think he's right. And I think he's trying to say all the right things. Because I think Kobe... You you don't think how I read it of being like, yo, it's about championships. LeBron only has three. But, like, then why would they fall in line? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't... I don't think Kobe... I I mean, do I... Do I think maybe Kobe, like, thinks he's better than LeBron James because he has five and LeBron only has three? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, Kobe doesn't seem like a dumb guy. I think Kobe was a selfish basketball player. Yeah. And I think sometimes the selfishness got in the way. Like, oh, the, the selfishness was above his intelligence like if you're a smart basketball player you wouldn't want Shaq to leave right but I think he was more selfish about it I think he knew that they were going to be bad yeah and would rather be bad and be selfish sure but I think he's a pretty I think Kobe's a pretty smart guy and I think deep down Kobe knows LeBron James is a better basketball player than me sure I mean how could you not know that who would you have to be to not know that LeBron James is a better basketball player than you Jordan's also a selfish psychopath and I guess has an argument as to why he would maybe be better. So maybe Michael Jordan believes it. I think they both believe it. I don't think Kobe Bryant, deep down in his soul, on a lie detector test, thinks he's a better basketball player than LeBron James. How could he? How could he? He knows the game. We've seen the Kobe fucking spotlight or whatever it is. We've seen him break down the film. He knows basketball. He doesn't really believe that. He might say he believes that. You always see these guys go like, I believe I'm the best player. I believe I'm the best wide receiver in the whole game. You know what I mean? You always see these guys who say it. I don't think he believes it. Yeah. I think it's different what you say and what you believe. Well, you know it is a slow sports news time when I'm bringing up women's tennis. Yeah, for sure. I can't even begin to imagine. Are they demanding what the men get paid or something? Well, before we get to dirtball calls, because people were losing their mind over the Serena Williams. Oh, the 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 cat suit thing? Yeah. Who cares? Is like I was under the impression I have almost no uh I have almost no knowledge of tennis. I was under the impression you were always supposed to wear like a white outfit on a tennis court or like at le- at the very least like a white based outfit. Well, the the issue that the French Open is saying is that you she it's basically tights. Okay. And she's not you're not allowed to wear tights. I don't know anything about the story. I know it was black. So that's why they call it the cat suit. Right. But was the issue the color or the issue is the style? It was the style. So she could wear an all black skirt and dress top. She could wear like a. You know what? I'm not fully. I know Wimbledon. You have to wear white. See, I, I guess I don't know either. I mean, it's, they're called tennis whites. You know what I mean? Like you're supposed to wear white on a tennis court. Well, I guess. I mean, she wore it last year. But now she's also saying she doesn't care. Like, everybody's standing for Serena. She just did the U.S. Open press conference and was like, it's not a big deal. 
a lot of my team's French. Like, you can pull up the quote that she said. She's like, everybody's blowing this out of proportion. But, of course, 2018, woke America, she's a woman and she's black. So now everybody has to defend her fucking everything. Meanwhile, she's like, I don't care. Yeah, you're right. That's that's a quote from just four hours ago. I'm pulling it up. She was laughing, saying, everything is fine, guys. She said, the Grand Slams have a right to do what they want to do, but I feel like if and when or if they know that some things are for health reasons, then there's no way that they wouldn't be okay with it. Yeah, because she wore it for... It was a, it was a, she was wearing a special outfit. You know, like they wear the, the leg compression things. Sure. It was something, you know, like that for her body. She just had a kid. Right. And she's had problems with blood clots, which happens after women give birth. It didn't seem like this is, yeah. From, from the way it was, it came out, it doesn't seem like it's a, this is a strict thing that like, that there's a conversation that's happening. Here. And she even said, she spoke with the guy, your people. Gutticelli, the guy who the guy who made this uh, this change, she said, I spoke directly about him, and he was easy to talk to. This is the outfit, see? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. She said my whole team is basically French. We have a wonderful relationship. I'm sure we'll come to an understanding, and everything will be okay. It really would be a big deal. So hey, fat white women, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Serena doesn't care. Maybe you shouldn't either. This weekend, I I almost deleted Twitter just for the weekend. I almost deleted Twitter and just didn't. I was like, I can't go on. I can't be on social media this weekend. What happened? Too many things. I'm not even going to get into it because I don't want to fucking say anything that I shouldn't be saying. But like some of the things people were upset about, some of the things people were, uh, you know, honoring, some of the things that people were like, oh, this needs to be talked about and this needs to be talked about. I'm like, do we really? This is we're doing this now. I can't. I was I was like no. Wait, was it because of everything from this Serena, John McCain's dad, John McCain, the the shooting in Jacksonville? Sh- yeah, I mean the shooting. Like, yeah, it's all fucking. You know. You know what, Prano? I think you're right because I was basically off of Twitter all weekend. I did one tweet late Saturday night about how much I love girls showing their ass. Yeah. It's like to me, and then I did one last night about like, Plato. The hypocrisy puke that happens to me, like I, I get fucking, I get rage, I get like yeah. rage hands when I'm like, okay, let's let's have our annual, our annual, our weekly gun control bonanza tweets because apparently dead children are bad, unless John McCain's involved, and then not really, then we don't care about them at all. Well, no, I agree, man. It's uh, I get frustrated too. Carpet bombed five hundred thousand. Cambodians but let's uh I think we both agree then that's basically what I did I just got off it It, dude it's great like fuck it Serena Williams she said I don't care this isn't a big deal white men are like you this is this 2018 don't say what black women can and can't wear when they're doing when they're the peak of their game it's like stop it stop stop it Stop. She doesn't care. She does not care. Stop it. Stop fucking. Your wokeness has to fucking stop. I quote tweeted and then I deleted it because I just go, I don't want to open this up. 
At first, I, I, I got annoyed. I quote tweeted Elizabeth Banks. She's one of the most annoying Hollywood woke white female celebrities that there is. She, she basically, she stereotyped all men in her tweet on this, which made me laugh. So I quote tweeted it. And, I, and, I, and at first I wrote a joke like, stop mansplaining. You know, but then I was like, no, because then like you're saying. I saw that. I think I liked it. I thought that was funny. Stop mansplaining. But I didn't want to, you know what I'm saying, right, yeah. Prano? I didn't want then. You didn't want the woke white woman in your mentions. I, I was like, I deleted it within five minutes because I thought, I don't want to deal with this shit. Because I just had gone paddle boarding. I had a fucking great day. I unfollowed some people this weekend. I was like, nope. No, nah, I don't care. And honestly, Com- my comedians, comedians, dirt balls. If you got unfollowed, look, I know I've said things in the past. If you do this for us, if you follow this, if you retweet this, I'll follow you back. Like you, this is not a lifetime pass. You don't get to fucking do, you know, I'm not going to talk about like, again, I don't want to go into it. We, we've, we've gone, we've gone down too many of those wormholes sure. on this show. I don't need to. We don't need to go into it, but there's some things you don't you don't get a lifetime pass. There's some things that you you can't tweet about positively and then still be followed by me. Well, good. I think that's a that's a healthy way to do it. You're out. Do you want to listen? Speaking of the dirt balls, as I, as I look for the headphones, do you want to listen to uh, some phone calls? Let's sure. All right, let's listen to the people. And you know what? Let's uh let's let's do a little let's do a little intro. We haven't done the the intro song for a minute. Dirt balls, dirt ball calls. Dirt balls, dirt ball calls. Dirt balls, dirt ball calls. We got the dirt balls, dirt ball calls. You think we need to update that? No. Why? I'm just curious. All right, let's let's get let's hear let's hear from the fam. We'll start with our boy Salad underscore Breadsticks. Oh yeah. What's up, boys? It's your boy, the artist formerly known as Salad underscore Breadsticks on Twitter. Uh, I had to get rid of Twitter because of my job, but um, I still have an Instagram under the same name, so go follow that. <laughs> uh, Got a quick question for you guys. I've been uh, catching up on the final season of Casual. Love it. Uh, Andy, congrats on getting Tommy Dewey on the debt report. Great episode. Uh, I just want to know what you guys think about this final season. I love this show entirely. It's really good. Um, I like how it kind of took a time jump and has kind of talked about, I hate to say this word, but social justice issues, you know? And... There's even parallels to what you guys talk about. There's the whole final Super Bowl episode where they talk, you know, a lot about the issues with the NFL. And then there's even mention of uh, Bill Walton and his uh, hallucinogenic drugs, and I love it. So, um, yeah, it's just great. It's just great all around. But anyway, guys, uh, love you guys. Mean that from the bottom of my heart. And um, stay dirty. I'll be honest, I had not, and I told Tommy this when he was on Dent Report and he did a great job, I had not watched an episode of the fourth and final season yet. I heard this call last night, and after he said Bill Walton, I watched the first episode. So I'm only one episode I'm, in. I watched one episode as well. Okay. 
Well, I've, I just haven't had time to watch Me basically either. anything. I haven't even, I think I told you last time we did this, like I only got through the half of an episode of The Last Hard Knocks. Um, yeah, I watched it. Uh, I picked up on in that one episode because I know he talks about, obviously there's, and I don't want to, not that casual is like necessarily like a spoiler filled show, but I don't want to say anything for people that are maybe still catching up. But there's certain things in that first episode where you're like, obviously a significant amount of time has passed. Um, and then, but then there's like, was there, did I pick up on this? Was there like a, a talking car? Was like a self-driving car? Was she in the back of like a self-driving Uber at one point? She was. So I think they're, I think they were trying to show that it's even like, this is a future episode. Like these, this is set in the future. Well, it is. So basically season four is, what do we want to say? Anywhere from three to five years yeah. after season three. Yeah. Which is smart because self-driving cars will be a thing in three years. I really do. I mean, they're already doing test runs. Yeah, I mean, I think the, I think the technology is there. It's just a matter of whether or not they get, you know, yeah, rolled out into society. So I can't – it sounds like Joe can't either fully delve into it because we both only watched but one I love, But I love – the show. I'm a I'm a I'm a big fan. It's a good and, show. And uh you know, when I started watching it, I was like, Oh yeah, like I'm like I'm definitely gonna get into the final season and I I can't wait to watch it. And I, I remember Tommy mentioning Bill Walton. I think when he was here or maybe when we were out to lunch that one time or something like that, he had Bill Walton that Bill Walton makes an appearance or his voice makes an appearance or something like that. So that's just another reason to watch it. But Sounds like uh, salad underscore breadsticks. Big fan of it. Say, saying it lives up to the first three seasons, which were all fantastic. So, uh, hashtag casual binge. Let's let's get some of those bingers back. And we should pop over there. He's got a he's got a new pad. Who's that? Tommy does. Oh yeah, and I heard you guys talking on your podcast too about uh, which I think just has to happen. A uh, a Ruther Tommy bike podcast. What the fuck is that all about? I mean, that's just, we'll just get you some lav mics. We'll put the zoom in a backpack. You guys are just going to have to bike and podcast. Yeah. What were we saying on Dent Report that we would bike from like here to there or he vice li- versa? He lives in Los Feliz now. Yeah. Which is like 20. Cause I know from going to Goldberg's. Yeah. It's like 23 miles. Yeah. I mean, he was biking. 60 miles a day or something like that, right? 50 miles a day. Yeah. Now, it's just whether or not you have it in you. Okay, can, can I be honest? Can, can I be honest? Can the... Uh, after, after... Can Stonecrawler do 20 miles on the, the vintage bike? Oh, easily. After Tommy did an episode of Dent Report and he was talking about biking 50 miles a day in France, it got me thinking. I think I want to bike to San Francisco at some point. <laughs> I I think you should do that. I knew you were gonna laugh. I don't. You know gonna the, do the one? My only concern with the one is, I was just on the one. Obviously, when my mom was in town, is the cars, and I kept saying to my mom, "Oh my god, cars are zooming by at seventy-five, eighty miles an hour, and these bikers." Like, I just I don't know how safe I would feel. Oh yeah, I mean, every time I drive up to Malibu, I'm like, "Who are you people, and what are you doing?" But the other question is then, like, where would you like? What do you take back roads the whole way? doesn't seem like I almost feel like that's the most back road of back roads that goes up. 
Well, I did the math. Let's say you're I, not riding on the side of the 101. Do you think I could do 50 miles a day? I don't know. I I mean, uphills is going to be tough. I mean, yeah, I mean, how many miles an hour do you bike? I guess you'd you probably bike probably bike in the 12 to 15 mile an hour range, right? So that's that's you know four hours of biking with stops to go 50 miles. I mean, people do it. I don't know why. I just got it in my head. I was like, what if I bike to San Francisco? You should. What's San Francisco? 300 miles from here? Yeah. More? Yeah, more. I mean, I, again, I, I don't know. It depends how you go, right? And then there's also like, like if you went up the one, you're not biking 50 miles an hour up those hill, up the fucking cliffs in Big Sur and shit. Fuck no. Not even, not even Big Sur. Dude, even way before that. Yeah. You're hitting massive mountains. Right. I'm saying, but like when you get there, that's going to be... You walk your bike? I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't think you'd take that bike. That's for sure. No, I would need a different bike. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to get this bike serviced. Well, it though. seems like Tommy's coming along with you and you're podcasting the whole way. Honestly, I think it should just be its own podcast. Me and Tommy go to San Francisco. Just like a serial, like a 12 episode. <laughs> yeah, but here's the difference. He probably doesn't have the amount of time I have. Right. Busy doing TV and movies, and I'm just like dusting. Like, this would be considered Dustin for me. Right. Well, I was also inspired because I, uh, I saw Eric Burns, who, we've, who we, we need to get on the show. Yeah. But I saw he's basically running across America. Is he? Something like that. Fuck. Burns is a lunatic. He's nuts, dude. That's ridiculous to me. I ran for the first time in literally forever yesterday. I ran like fucking two and a half miles. I was like, I'm dying. I'm you dead. You ran? Yeah. Where'd you run to? I just ran from, uh, I basically was just, I'm dog sitting for Brian. Okay. So just ran to Brian's place. Yeah, it's the first time I've heard you running. Yeah. I don't run, but I was like, I had, I had been lazy all weekend. I didn't have a chance to surf. I didn't have a chance to fucking do anything. I didn't have a chance to swim. I didn't have a chance to whatever. So I was like, I got to do something. And I was like, I got to just get over there. So instead of fucking birding or, or Ubering, I was like, I'll just run. Fuck. Yeah. Running across America? No thanks. I don't know, man. I did uh Any I, of that super endurance shit? I go, what like what are you what are you trying to prove here, man? <laughs> yeah, but I'm kinda getting more into it. Or like more in, interested in it. I did nine and a half miles on Saturday. I mean, that was the f- that was the running. F- that was the first time I ran a decent length in a while. I basically I started, I was going around the marina. And I Salad went, and breadsticks. Like, what are you talking about at this point? <laughs> like, he's like, my call was twenty minutes ago. Yeah, but here's the thing. I was really happy because my thought was this: if I can just do nine and a half miles on a whim, I'm in good cardio. Yeah, dude, that's stand up paddleboarding. Jesus Christ, bro! You do it again? I did it Friday. And it was different. The current was not, the current was very difficult to go out and the wind was bad. And I was like, oh shit, this is a lot more difficult. But the seals were, seals. You're st- this is still in the marina, still right? Still in the marina. I got very bold. I don't know what the deal is with seals. I got very, like, I got to the point where I was going up to seals. They were swimming underneath me. Oh, they'll fuck with you for sure. And that's what I thought, but they seem curious and friendly, and I'm like, yo, I'm going to go see what's going on with the seals. I've had seals tug on my uh, surf leash. Yeah. I've had, I've had seals, like, bump bump my board. 
I'm bringing my phone out next time. I'm, I'm risking it. I, I, I want to film some of this shit. Better get yourself like a, a waterproof Go- OtterBox or something. I want to get a GoPro maybe. Is there any chance of sharks being in the marina? Uh, almost no chance. That's what I thought. I mean, there's. is there a chance? Yes. Not, not that I'm concerned. I'm just, because when you see seals, you think sharks. Yeah. Is there a chance? Yeah. The likelihood, very, very small. Because sharks, they don't want, they want to be in deep water. They don't want to be fucking, there's something's wrong with a shark if it's in the marina. It's too shallow. Yeah. It's too shallow. It's too warm. It's too dirty. So dirty. They're, they're fucking, they're out there getting Hunting for fish. I don't know, man. I did watch Shark Week. You see them in shallow water sometimes, but not in marina shallow water. Right. All right. Thank you, Salad underscore Breadsticks. See where yeah. you, see where you have taken us. All right. Let's get to another call. What's up, guys? My name is Jonah. I'm from Houston, Texas, and I swim uh, Division One at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. We were the 16 seed to upset Virginia in the tournament. And I just wanted to hear you guys' burning hot takes for the NFL season, such as who's going to win MVP or who's going to win the Super Bowl. And also, I'd like to say, fuck anyone who says student athletes get too much. We work 20-plus hour weeks of practice, and I get up at 5.30, four days a week to lift, and then we have swim practice after that. And then we swim again in the afternoon, two hours every day. And uh, anyways, condoms are for the NCAA, those cucks. <laughs> what was he saying? People shouldn't say what? That they that, get too much? That student athletes get too much. So so he's a swimmer at University of Maryland, Baltimore County. Yeah. That's a long day, by the way. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. School, lifting, swimming. We all remember college, though, right? Like It's not like you're in school all day. I mean, when you were in college, you got up, you went to class, came home, fucking napped, played some Madden, went had some lunch, went God. to another class, fucking napped, got high. Like, I was. We're not talking about you're not going to class nine to five. No, don't get me wrong, getting up at four thirty is no fucking fun. But like, it is different though when you when you're on a Division One sport. You know, when you're playing on a team. Yeah, I mean, neither of us did that. Right. But my point is, like, I mean, middle of the day, he's, what mi- we, he's mixing in a nap, right? <laughs> like, What are we going to do for the NFL? He's out talking about he wants to know what, our MVP? He wants to know our, our – he, he said to give some burning hot takes. I mean, we're going to have to do a preview episode, right? But when are we doing that? Because our first sh- – normally we drop the preview. I guess it'll – would it drop the day that we're actually physically – we record ahead of time when we're in Chicago? Well, we're recording. I mean, are you saying – are we going to do a preview show next Monday? Or are we going to do a preview show – is our preview show our live podcast? Well, here's what I was planning. Well, fuck it. We'll just discuss it all right now. Yeah. Our live podcast is on a Thursday night. Correct. I was thinking that would then be the podcast which we release Monday. Aha. That'd be after the week one. We're going to kind of have to do it that way. Right? So the podcast that we release that Thursday, that'll be our preview episode. 
That's what I was thinking. Yeah. And then Monday's episode will just be whatever. The live we, podcast. The live podcast. And we'll still be there. And we'll still be doing whatever. So, like, that's that works out perfectly. Then we don't have to record a Monday episode. That's what I was thinking. Boom. I mean, we're so, we're look, uh, I mean, who do I think is going to be? Like, we, we're, we're going to do a preview episode. And uh, I haven't even really, like, sat down to think about the, uh, like, all of the Super Bowl. I haven't looked at the divisions. I mean, I could do that off the top of my head. But we're going to do a preview episode. But I'm going to go with just Aaron Rodgers MVP. Here's a little preview. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> like, can I just, I mean, I know that's not a super hot take, but like when in doubt, it's a quarterback's league. I'm going to take the best quarterback. Aaron Rodgers MVP. Who won MVP last year? Uh, it was. Tom Brady. Brady, right? Yeah. Because Todd Gurley won Offensive Player of the Year. That's right. What, that's why I was like, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. All right, let's get to another call. Okay, it's uh, me. Oh, hold on a second. This dude left a thousand calls. Let me find one where he's not just... Screaming? Yeah. Hold on. Who is this? This is... Uh, SF Purple Haze on YouTube. Okay. <laughs> Love people coming in with the fucking YouTube names now. Let's SF go. Purple Haze. Love it. What's going on, Ruther? Prano. It's your boy, Jake Cabrera, SF Purple Haze. Uh, just wanted to ask you guys, because you guys always talk about, like, faceless trolls and all that nonsense. And then, you know, and I understand it. I understand both sides of it, actually. People don't want to lose their jobs and put their name out there so then they can get traced back. And, yeah, you shouldn't be talking that extra shit. So, boom. But then, anytime that, like, a player or a former player gets brought out on old, like, racist tweets or they're talking that extra spicy shit and it gets brought to light, then people are like, oh, what? What are you, a loser? What kind of person cares about this? This is that. But then that goes kind of against the whole face of stroke thing because it's like, yeah, they put their name on it, and there it is. So, like, either don't talk that extra smoke or just own it or get ready to get put on an apology tour. I kind of tweeted this earlier on the Not Dirty Sports uh, Twitter page, but I was wondering, like, so, because it seems like both sides of the fences are getting played, and I get both sides. And, you know what I mean, if I was a $100,000 banker or whatever the fuck y'all were talking about, I definitely wouldn't put my name on it. But, I don't know. Just wanted to get you guys some thoughts on that. And, let's see. I'm going to stick with comments that are still for Antonio Comardi for not being able to name his kids. I can't believe it. That's just disgusting. Y'all have a good one. Peace out. So, I, I, I think I followed most of that. But, so, my issue with the the deep dive on people's tweets is there has to be, you have to take into consideration uh, the age somebody was when they tweeted something and the time when somebody tweeted. So I watched this. You're going to love this. I got caught in an Adam Sandler fucking rabbit hole yesterday. I was house sitting. So I had cable for the first time, whatever big daddy was on. On CMT. So I put on Big Daddy. You know I love Big Daddy. Hold on a second before you go on. 
Big Daddy, this is what country music television is playing now. Yeah. Well, let's not even go there. Let's, Big Daddy? <laughs> so Big Daddy's on. So I put on Big Daddy. Love Big Daddy. Turns out it was some sort of comedy. They were they were calling it like Comedy Sunday or something like that. But it was really just Adam Sandler Sunday. It was an Adam Sandler marathon. So later in the day, uh, Chuck and Larry is on. What's it called? Uh, I forget the full name of that. I now pronounce you Chuck I and Larry. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. That movie in 2018 is so offensive to gay people. Oh, yeah. And Rob Schneider's in it playing... A fucking he plays the Asian. He plays an Asian reverend where they get married in Canada. He's wearing fucking uh, like Coke bottle glasses. He has like a fucking bowl cut. He's playing like an Asian stereotype from like a 1950s like political cartoon. He's like, I know, I know, I talk a laddie. So he's playing like a anti-Japanese propaganda World War Two. Yeah. I mean, look this up. But here's the thing. Nobody gave a shit when it came out. Do you know what I mean? No one's like, this movie is like fucking, the whole movie's like, oh, it's creepy that you guys are gay. My point is, it was appropriate then. Is it inappropriate now? Watching that movie in 2018? I couldn't even believe CMT would show it, honestly. But, this deep dive into people's tweets uh, going back to when they're a teenager, for one, or going back 10 years to when it was okay to make pedophile jokes on the internet. And now people go, you can't say anything. You can't even say fucking Serena Williams should wear white while playing tennis without getting fucking, you know, put on a cross. That's, to me, my problem on the people going the deep dive. The faceless troll thing is completely different to me. If you have an opinion then fucking have an opinion. If you're too pussy to have an opinion, if you're afraid what you're saying might get you in trouble, then don't say it. Don't have an opinion. Then don't have an opinion. Yeah. I'm not afraid that anything that I'm saying is going to get me in trouble. In fact, I know some shit that I'm say is going to get me in trouble. Sure. I know that people can read some of my tweets and be like, this is offensive, but I still put my name on it. Because I'm like, fine, come after me. Now, this weekend, I was like, you know what? The shit I want to say about some of the shit that people are talking about this weekend, like I want to go so over the top against what some people are saying here that it's, it's only going to cause people to freak the fuck out. And I go, I just don't even care that much. Yeah. Now, did I go under fucking the Mike D'Antoni Twitter account that I run and fucking start tweeting about John McCain? No, because I'm not a pussy-ass bitch. I, might, I make fun of fucking Carmelo Anthony as Mike D'Antoni, and I make fun of Carmelo Anthony as Joe Prano. I don't give a fuck. I, am I going on the Mike D'Antoni account or the Dirty Sports account and saying John McCain is a fucking mass murderer? No, because I'm like, I'm going to stay out of this altogether. If you are only willing to say your opinions Behind a fake account, a fake picture, a fake name, you're a pussy. The end. Either man up and put your name on it or be a pussy and stay the fuck off the internet. I concur with everything you just said. End of story. And I, and I, and I understand that, like, 
there's he was saying this kind of blurry line, but I think these are two totally different issues. Yeah. No, I agree. Well, look, guys, that is our show. If you want to call the hotline, the number is 310-359-8365. Once again, we're a little over a week away. Chicago Dirtball Fam Meetup. I would love to see you guys. Joe would love to see you guys. Love to hang out. Got a full week of activities. Go check out the description of this podcast. White Sox game. Live podcast. Three nights of headlining, including multiple shows each night. Sunday football. Week one bonanza. Cubs game. I'm fucking stoked. Also, if you're up in the Bay Area, JoePrano.com. I'll be in uh, the East Bay. I'll be in San Francisco on Saturday night. I'll be in Santa Cruz on Sunday. Perfect. Wait, when, are you, when are you doing those shows? This weekend. Okay. But you'll be here for Thursday's show. Yes. All right, guys. Check it all out. JoePrano.com. DirtySports.com. At Fix Your Life on Twitter. At JoePrano on Instagram. And uh, at Andy Ruther for all my things. As usual... Can I throw one more plug yeah, in there? Go since ahead. we're uh since if you're listening to this, you've already gotten to the end of the dirty sports. I know you haven't listened to it yet, but I shouted you out on the uh opening of this week's episode of the Joe Prano podcast. I said I didn't want to talk too much sports with my guests this week because I didn't want to cheat on my podcast wife, Andy Ruther, who I do a sports podcast with. But I did have former if you're a sports fan, and if you're listening to the show, I assume you are. Uh, I had former NBA player Paul Shirley on the Joe Prano podcast this week who played for Mike D'Antoni. Perfect. Check it out. I, I'm still getting through some of your other ones, but I will get to that this week as well. Once again, if you use any of our promo codes, send us a screenshot. We will, or I will send you some koozies. And most importantly, give us an iTunes review. You get a follow back. Drop your Twitter handle. Drop your Instagram handle. Whatever it is. Automatic follow back. All right, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed the episode. Have a great week. And most importantly, don't forget, condoms are for pussies.